Welcome to the sermon podcast of Gamble Street Baptist Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Gamble Street Baptist Church has been sharing the gospel for over 100 years. This podcast includes sermons from our traditional Sunday morning service and our contemporary services on Sunday evenings. We hope God speaks to you through this sermon. Going home. Going home. Thank you for that beautiful rendition. I spoke to Dr. Glazner, your beloved pastor emeritus, before the service, and I was sharing with him that this occasion reminded me of that time that a friend of mine who has now gone on to be with the Lord, who was the general manager at Colonial Country Club, I was on active duty someplace in the world, some duty station. But he had told me, Robert, anytime, anytime you're back here, let me know. I want you to come to speak to my Sunday school class. He was a member at University Baptist Church. I called him. I was back in the area. Mr. Borland, you instructed me to call you whenever I was home on leave again. I'm here. Come speak to my Sunday school class. And then afterwards, I want you to join me for lunch at the club. You know, a good Baptist preacher never passes a free meal. So I said, uh, Mr. Borland, I will be honored to be with you to share with your Sunday school class. Well, I show up Sunday morning, walk into the Sunday school class, and sitting there, among the classmates of his was Dr. Jack McGorman. And I thought, uh, I think I need to be sitting there and Dr. McGorman needs to be standing here. Well, this morning when I saw Dr. Glazner, I thought, wait, 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 wait. wait. I think I need to be sitting there, and he needs to be standing here. I've heard him preach. Wow. I I must confess that the privilege to be here with you is a tremendous... I'm from the north side of Fort Worth born and reared here in Fort Worth. I cannot, in my wildest imagination, I couldn't imagine that someday I would be standing in this pulpit. You've had tremendous luminaries speak from this pulpit. My mind races back to the Hebrew scriptures. I think 
I know how Moses must have felt standing before the burning bush. Yahweh, creator, sustainer of the universe, calls him to go and free his people. And what did Moses say? Who, who am I? I'm not eloquent of speech. I'm slow of speech and tongue. But yet I, I'm here. Uh, who am I? You, you know, there is in the Christian scriptures, in the, in the New Testament, there is that portion of holy writ penned by the Apostle Peter who said, always be prepared to give a logical defense for that hope that resides within you. Dr. Glazner, are you ready? This morning, here I am, all the way from the north side of Fort Worth. I could never have imagined that someday I would be standing here in this pulpit without equivocation. It's not difficult for me to understand how Solomon, the wisest man, it is said, about to ascend the throne of his father, King David. I, I, I think I understand how King Solomon must have felt as he was about to lead the people of God in Solomon. There it is in 1 Kings, the third chapter, verses 7 and 9, where he says, I, I'm like a little child. Who is able to lead these people? I'm that little child this morning. Who is able to have a word for you? It is no mean thing to stand here this morning. We can't take it light. I don't take it lightly. Or to stand in the pulpit any day. Even in the field. Preparing for a. To deliver the word. For my marines. Out in the field. Perhaps ready to go into harm's way. I feel like a Saint Paul. Who said who is sufficient for these things. Indeed. I'm not eloquent of speech. What can I say of consequence to you? But because of that one in whom I trust and believe, I point you beyond myself this day to a greater one who is eloquent in speech, whose speech let there be and there is. 
Indeed, I'm as a little child standing before the wisdom of the ages. Who am I to say anything to you? I know that there are many of you who belong here this day with your advanced understanding of the Holy Writ that far surpasses my ability to just scratch the surface. Who am I to say anything to you? But because of that one in whom I trust and believe, I point you beyond myself to a greater one whose word is wisdom incarnate. Indeed, who is sufficient for these things? Who am I to stand here before you this very day? But it is because of that one in whom I have trusted that I point you beyond myself, that I point you beyond myself to that one who because of what he has done for me, I point you beyond myself to the one who is and whose word is sufficient. I point you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Focus on that this day. We just celebrated Veterans Day. You know, less and less of America's sons and daughters are willing to don our nation's uniform. I know some of you that are here today worshiping the true and the living God, celebrating anew the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. I know some of you have, have served our nation, donning our nation's uniform. If you have, I want to recognize you. I want to salute you. Anyone here serving the United States Army? If you did, stand. My mentor. My mentor. Oh. Every week after graduation, I know you're not Marines, I know you're not Marines, but every week at graduation, my last duty station was... Paris Island, South Carolina, Marine Corps Recruit Depot. Every week at graduation, I would put my arm around a newly minted Marine and would tell his or her parents, this is what makes America great. Your son, your daughter, this is what makes America great because they were willing to don our nation's uniform and if needed to go into harm's way. Thank you for your service. May God bless you in the days that are before us as you continue to serve him. While we just celebrated Veterans Day, 
it would be a tremendous mistake if I didn't ask some of you who are sailors who served in the United States Navy to stand so we can honor you on this week. Thank you for your service, sailor. Thank you for your, oh, you conjure up memories for me of when I was underway. No doubt you were underway many, many times. Thank you for your service. You are what makes America great. God bless you as you continue in service, not only to our great country, but to look to the true and living God in worship. God bless you. Thank you. Ah, we just celebrated Veterans Day. How many of you were privileged to serve in the United States Marine Corps? If you're a devil dog, stand up. Okay. If they were here, like every Friday, I would put my arm around you and say thank you. This is what makes America great. How about anybody that may have served in the Coast Guard? Anybody? Stand so we can recognize you. Or the Merchant Marines. And let's not forget the Air Force. I've got to tell you this story. My father was in the Air Force. It's as if he's standing here with us today. I took him to his final resting place in a local national cemetery here. I wanted to be an Air Force chaplain, may, maybe to a degree, following in his footsteps. He had served in the Air Force. One day after class, I went and spoke. This is, it, isn't, isn't an interest in how God works. I was doing coursework, my professor one of my professors was Gerald Marsh. Ever hear of Gerald Marsh? He was, a, as you know, a, a two-star general in the uh, Air Force Chaplain Corps. So I go up to him after class. But this is not part of my sermon, so just wait. So, so, so I went after, up after class, and, he, and I said, Dr. Marsh, I have felt God's call into military chaplaincy. And I really feel God calling me to be an Air Force chaplain. He looked at me without blinking. He said, Robert, there's absolutely no way you're going to be an Air Force chaplain. And I said, well, I didn't expect to hear that from him, but I said, oh, okay. Isn't it interesting how God works? I walked out of that classroom, and there to the immediate left of the door was a seminary newsletter. I picked it up, and there was an announcement tomorrow in the, I guess it was the Naylor building back then as well. In the Naylor building, Commander David White, recruiter for the Navy Chaplain Corps, will be here to talk to anyone who may sense God's call into military chaplaincy. Isn't it interesting how God works? 28 years after serving as a Navy chaplain, 
I retired. Having served among those years, eight tours of duty with, the, with my Marines, with the Marine Corps. Oh, it's a tremendous honor. It's a tremendous privilege. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Because I know many of you, your, your family members have served as well. And so we salute not only them, but we salute you this day. And I was about to get to the Air Force. <laughs> because as I just said, as I just said, my father was in the Air Force. He retired from the Air Force. One of the most beautiful settings in all of the United States is the Air Force Academy. But if you served in the Air Force, please stand. We want to honor you as well. Ah, thank you. Thank you for your service. God bless you as you continue to serve our country. Now outside of uniform. Now you know you can be recalled at any time according to the needs of the nation. So have that uniform ready. Even a shoehorn couldn't help me. But, but thank you for your service to our great country. There's something about what we just did. Travel with me in your mind. You know ours is a nation of symbols. Travel with me in your mind from here. Almost the very center of the universe, uh, 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 I was going to say the universe, almost the very center of the United States. Travel with me in your mind to the West Coast. J just to the north of San Francisco, as I recall, are, are the beautiful Muir Woods. Have you ever been there? There you find those giant redwood trees who, like many of you, symbolize and you are the giants in whose train we follow but those redwood trees you look at them some of them jetting some 300 feet maybe more maybe a little bit less into the azure blue California skies and you look at them and you think those trees must be anchored to America's rich soil by a tap root that drills down deep into America's soil. But the truth is, and you probably know this, that they have a root system that fans out just below the surface their root system. The root system of one tree intertwines with the root system of another tree this tree supporting that tree. These trees supporting those trees. That symbolizes, and to me, for me, that symbolizes America. Who am I to speak this day? I'm not eloquent of speech. Come back now with me. To ponder this question. How is it, why is it, that this man dies for that man? Now, I know we just celebrated Veterans Day, 
But like those great redwood trees whose roots are intertwined, just like the sermon title, Greater Love Hath No Man Than This, followed by an ellipsis. The ellipsis. It's an interesting punctuation mark. The ellipsis. I've always been intrigued, fascinated, what comes before the ellipsis and then what comes after the ellipsis. Greater love hath no man than this ellipsis. I know it's not in the text. Dr. Glazner, forgive me for taking that license. I know it's not, that ellipsis is not in the text, but I put it there to make a point this day. Greater man hath no, greater love hath no man than this. And what is to the right of the ellipsis? That one lay down his life for another. The year, 1415. The month, October. The day, I think it was the 23rd. Shakespeare, the great bard, captured it like this. It's the eve of St. Crispin's Day. 10,000 Englishmen will go out to battle some 40 or 50,000 Frenchmen the next day. Are you familiar with the story? The Battle of Agincourt? I mean, you would be troubled facing those odds. 10,000 to 40 or 50,000. You'd be troubled. Henry V, Shakespeare recounts, boldly stood before his men and said in preparation to go out the next day in battle uh, I say this because Veterans Day is intertwined with Memorial Day Memorial Day is intertwined like the roots of those giant redwood trees inter is intertwined with Veterans Day so Henry V stands and says Shakespeare says we few, we happy few. We band of brothers for he who sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen of bed in England shall count, them, shall count themselves Accursed that they were not here, that they did not fight with us upon St. Crispin's Day. They went out to battle the next day, and the English defeated the French. How is it? Why? Veterans Day, you can't help but reflect on Memorial Day. Memorial Day, you can't help but reflect on Veterans Day. How is it? Why is it 
that this man dies for that man. In 1910, T.R., Theodore Roosevelt, stood, you know, he's an eloquent speaker, stood at the Sorbonne in, in Paris, France, and he said, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. This is what makes America great. You who have proudly and bravely served. You are what makes America great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, now, now do, do, do our service members lay down their lives for great speeches, the St. Crispin's speech or man in the arena? No, 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 no. There was a survey that was conducted in the 1990s. I went to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, where Marines served. Our largest Marine Corps base, as I recall, on the East Coast. Dr. Robert Grant stood to share the results of that study. They asked Marines, sailors, airmen, Coast Guardsmen, they asked every, every son and daughter representing some branch of the military, why would you die for? The Veterans Day, it's, it is intertwined with, with Memorial Day. They were expecting to hear, I would die for democracy. That's noble. I would die for... I would die for freedom and freedom and liberties that we know as Americans. I would die, and they would go down a list that everyone would expect to hear. They were surprised to hear the answer to their question in their survey. What would you die for? I, the, the response came back, I would die for the one on my left. I would die for the one on my right. I heard in the prayers this morning, in the comments this morning, the word sacrifice. You can't help but, but connect that word with those who don our nation's uniform, sacrifice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are indebted to you for your service to our great country. Thank you. What would you die for? I would die for the one on my left. I would die for the one on my right. I served at Arlington National Cemetery for a little bit over a year about uh, 16 months. And, and in those months, it was my privilege, my honor to take to their final resting place 
more than 1,600 of our patriot heroes or a family member of theirs. Wasn't that a beautiful rendition, going home? You know, that is from the pen of Antonin Dvorak. The words, they came later because he penned that in 1893. The words came later, sometime in the 1920s. My connection to that funeral hymn that is based on the 23rd Psalm. By the way, I would contact every family of every veteran. I buried the very first Marines laid to rest. I mean, that laid down their life in Iraq and Afghanistan. I would contact families and I would always collaborate with them on preparing their funeral service. Antin Dvorak was influenced by the 23rd Psalm and the writing of this funeral hymn, Going Home. And by and large, the majority of families would say, Chaplain, would you read the 23rd Psalm at my, at my, at my father's funeral, my son's funeral? My mom's funeral. My daughter's funeral. And I would. It's the most requested. That was the inspiration for going home. My connection to that hymn is this. Every funeral service there at the old post chapel. In preparation to take that patriot hero, a patriot hero to his final rest or her final resting place there at Arlington National Cemetery was going home. We'd be back at the back of the chapel preparing to process with a casket or the urn to begin the service. That's the hymn that was played. People were, were silent. But the silence would be broken when I would use the words of our Lord and Savior from the back of the chapel where I, the words I would remind the, the people of that portion of Holy Writ where our Lord and Savior himself said ego I me I I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live it was in that hope that we took that patriot hero to his final resting or her final resting place there at Arlington National Cemetery. How is it? Why is it that this man dies for that man? The ellipsis. Veterans Day fades into Memorial Day. You go there this very moment and some young man or young woman of the old guard, the army's old guard, you go there 21 paces, 21 paces, pausing, turning, pausing 21 seconds. Pacing 21 paces over and over 24 hours a day, 
standing vigil over the tomb of the unknowns, where etched into the walls, the marble, marble walls of the tomb of the unknowns is here lies, lies in, in glory an American soldier known but to God. At some point, way, 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 way off in the distance, you hear those 24 notes, 21 paces, 24 notes, 21 paces symbolizing our nation's highest honor, the 21-gun salute. But then those 24 notes taps. And there are times when if you listen close enough, it's as if you can hear those notes reverberating across our great land. Listen. those 24 notes before especially for a loved one those notes are indelibly etched into your memory and on your heart greater love hath no man than this that one laid down his life for his friends that one laid down his life for another I close with this I had that, that tremendous privilege to share the gospel with America's sons and daughters. As a, as, a, as, a, as a young chaplain, I was stationed with 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, 3rd Marine Division, way up in the northern part of Okinawa with 2nd with Battalion, 4th Marines. Almost the very first Sunday that I had the privilege to speak in the chapel at Camp Schwab, I, had, I have offered at the close of the sermon an invitation. Come on, Marines, put your faith and trust in the one who died for you. And there was some response. The service had ended after the benediction. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this Marine running down the center aisle. And I said, hey, Marine, what's going on? Now, our battalion was a battalion designated in case we need to respond to some 
emergency in that part of the world. And I thought, maybe the balloon's gone up. Marine, what's going on? He said, chaplain, chaplain, tell me about that man you were talking about. The man I was talking about. You, you mean Jesus? He said, yes. Tell me about the man that you were talking about, Jesus. Marine, you've never heard about Jesus? And he said, no, sir, I never have. I said, Marine, where are you from? And maybe this explained it. He said, chaplain, I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> Tell me about that man you were talking about, Jesus. I said, come here, Marine, I want to talk to you. That day, that Marine round, uh, uh, ran down the flag of self over his life and ran up the flag of our Lord, the banner of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, the one who died and rescued him. That was my privilege. You know, we are a land of symbols. I'm a little surprised I don't see it. I don't see it here this morning. But in most sanctuaries, over to that side is our national ensign, the American flag. Did, did you know, I close with this, did, did you know, I think I close with this, did you know that never does anything fly above our national ensign? Did you know that? There's nothing, nothing is ever supposed to fly above it. Did you know that? Yeah, nothing, except, do you know the, the, the exception? Except when sailors far from home embarked upon a Navy vessel underway, and if there's soldiers embarked on that ship and airmen or Marines embarked upon that ship, when we gather to celebrate anew the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, in some space on that vessel. The national ensign, usually on the fantail of the ship, in the breeze flapping. At that very instant, the national ensign is Lord. You know, that is the most powerful symbol in all the world, you know, the resurrected. But when that American flag is Lord, it is Lord long enough for this to fly above it. The only time anything flies above our national there it is, the most powerful symbol that the world will, never should anything except for this fly above our nation. And then at then the close of the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, when we worship the true and the living God at that moment, the church pennant with a flag under it is Lord, and it's removed. And once again, nothing flies above the national ensign. Greater love hath no man than this, that one laid down his... Can you imagine it? God has loved us, has loved me, even from Northside, has loved me so much that he would send his son to redeem me, to, to rescue me.
and you as well. Can you fathom it? I might like you. I've had, I, we have an only child, but I would never give up my son for you. Never. I would give myself up sometimes. This tells you that I would. But, but I would never give myself up. I mean, I would never give my son up for any, any but I would give my, and yet God, creator of the, sent his only begotten son to rest. Chaplain, tell me about that man you were talking about. You mean Jesus? Yeah. Doesn't matter how many times you've heard it. It's like hearing it for the first time. How much God loves you. As an old man, I say, oh, I'm not that far from it. Maybe he was an octogenarian. Karl Barth came to the United States. And after one of his lectures, uh, it, it is said, now it's been confirmed, it is said that a young reporter asked him, Air Bart. Now, now this, was a, this was a professor who had a photographic memory. He could go to the blackboard or the chalkboard and he could write a Greek passage, a, a, a Greek, a, 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 maybe any Greek passage, strictly from memory. He, under, he knew... Dr. Bart, what is the greatest thing you have ever learned? His response? From the feet of, at, the, at, at the feet of my mother, I learned, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. How is it? Why is it? This man gives his life for them. Greater love hath no man than this, that one laid down his life for another. Won't you be like that Marine and just run down the aisle to profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or won't you run down this aisle and join in your membership with this congregation of believers who follow in the train of our Lord and Savior degree. Won't you come now? We'll give you just a few moments and then we'll transition. Let us pray. Greater indeed, greater love hath no man than this that one laid down his life for oh we are thankful Lord that you have almighty God creator and sustainer that you willingly gave your only begotten son that we might become your children not only for the moment but for all of eternity how is it why is it that this man dies for that man agape love sacrificial love bathe this congregation then as they continue to proclaim this message with your love for this we pray in the name of the one who sacrificed himself that we might be your sons and daughters, even Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gamble Street Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you have questions, we would love to speak with you. Please call 817 926 1785 to speak with a minister. 
If you live in or will be traveling to the Fort Worth area, we would love to have you visit. Gambrel Street Baptist Church has six church goals to reach the lost for Christ, to learn more about Christ, to touch the city through Christ, to train leaders to serve Christ, to embrace the world with Christ, and to build strong families in Christ. Please join us for our next episode.